0: And we're back. Hi. And I'm here once again with my friend Aaron from the land of the country that brought us, the guy that brought us arguably uh, one, well, I mean, for sure, the best Thor movie ever.
1: I would say definitely the best Thor movie ever. And something that I don't think most North Americans will get was there was a lot of Kiwi humor in there that a lot of people I think are gonna miss out on, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself.
0: It's kind of why I was surprised that you hadn't seen it yet when I said I wanted to have you on for this one.
1: So there's two things. One, my life got really full the last couple of weeks, um, celebrating all of the things, Uh, as well as I've become a bit of a theater snob, in that I don't really want to go if I can't have great seats, especially for superhero movies when they're going to fly through the air and there's going to be big special effects and stuff. I only want to go if I can have really good seats. So part of my motivation is that I choose times to go based on my availability and seat availability. So we had great seats. We actually only saw it last night. 2D or 3D? 3D. Uh, 2D, but I did it 2D in gold class, so I did get to have a beverage and table service and all the things that come gold class that make me an elitist snob, and I'm sorry. Kind of not sorry. No. Never apologize. I-
0: <laughs> when he was drinking that giant beer, I would have been very upset if I hadn't been in VIP.
1: Yes. See, this is, this is the thing. Um, and, I mean beautiful people on screen. So uh, the experience in gold class I've found is consistently better. There's less risk of stupid people on their phones, um, and less risk of my environment being interrupted. And it could possibly be because they're smaller, smaller screens and smaller theaters. Um, but the experience I've found is consistently, you know, 10 X. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, Absolutely.
1: so I did, I did see it in gold class and I did enjoy the experience. yeah it did take me what's that that's like almost a week it's a long time for me because normally we would see something no later than opening weekend sunday
0: so i guess before we get into this um listener for sure um spoilers all the way through to the end of thor ragnarok so if you haven't seen it yet I've got to ask you to think about your life, think about your choices, and then if you like joy and color and beautiful things and laughter, then you need to just go see Thor Ragnarok. So I'll give you time to uh, hit pause and immediately scuttle out to the the first gold class or VIP cinema uh, in your area. And watch Thor Ragnarok, which Aaron and I will be discussing in some length this evening. We will try to stay on topic, but if you've ever listened to Aaron and I talk before, you know, that's not likely to happen.
1: I think it's hard to make that promise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We will
1: try to keep our tangents relevant in a way that a regular person
0: could follow. Right. Absolutely. So... I saw it a couple days, so it's not as fresh for me. So I want to know your sort of uh, fresh off of uh, riding the Rainbow Bridge feelings. Wh- how, how do you feel about Ragnarok? Happy.
1: So happy. I have so much joy in my heart um, and love for everything about this movie, including when it decided to... As a you would say, take a piss at itself. Like, it was just really enjoyable. Um, Take into account that I like the cast. um, I liked the new people they introduced. And I got warmed up with some really fantastic trailers, which um, trailers always sort of, for me at least, really set the stage for what I'm watching because when you're going to see a superhero movie, you want to see good trailers for good superheroes. um, And I managed to get... Uh, Justice League, the new Star Wars, Pitch Perfect 3, which I believe I've already admitted will be on my guilty pleasure list.
0: Just um, pleasure. Just pleasure.
1: And uh, and something else. Oh, Black Panther. So, Oh, oh hold on.
0: A, you almost forgot Black Panther?
1: Black Panther needs to be discussed. The trailer for Black Panther should be discussed as an entity unto itself.
0: Okay, I'll allow it.
1: I don't believe... Like, there's just so much good going on in lighting and scripting and casting of that movie that I don't think I can roll it in with other things that we already know lots of stuff about.
0: Because everything
1: else. So, Black Panther is kind of a standalone entity, whereas Star Wars, Justice League, and Pitch Perfect are all part of something different. And I know Black Panther is part of the universe, however, not. It's a new part, it's part of the universe we haven't yet explored. And. I'm excited to see what they do because I think the just yeah the lighting and the the casting I think for those two I think are going to be magic. But yeah, I tangent aside, I had a great trailer warm-up to this film.
0: Me too. Yeah, I had all the same trailers that you did here in North America and I had that feeling again when I saw the Black Panther trailer of just you know, the MCU is going from strength to strength right now really i mean it's they're gonna have to try really hard to screw it up whereas i feel like on the dc side they've they had a bit of a, a rough bounce there was suicide squad and then wonder woman uh i feel like only surprised them by how much better it was than their other movies and i don't know if a last minute uh joss whedon uh secret additional edit with extra shoots is going to get it to the level of joy of a wonder woman or of the first Avengers movie he directed. But I'm hoping that it least gets closer to the feeling of constantly squeeing and giggling. I mean, I think for Thor, I hadn't laughed that much in a Marvel extended universe movie since the first Avengers movie.
1: No, I laughed a lot. Um, I really, I loved the the jokes about themselves as well as the jokes about what was happening. They dropped some really good one-liners that are going to be great memes, and that you know, the minutes to come. I am assuming the internet's already starting to build them. So I, I think that's going to make for a good precondition to Justice League as well, because we've got so much kind of smack, snappy, smacky one-liners of. Um, people just trash talking each other Um, and quite honestly I mean I'd like to um, I'd like to do the please help yes I'm I'm willing. I'm willing
0: to participate I feel like we did a version of that at work almost every day together Uh, and one could look at uh, uh, the fall of Sears as a bit of an Asgard situation where we were working there pre-Ragnarok but had prophetic dreams about it all going down in uh, fiery flames. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: however, the sad part is that those survivors did not make it out of Asgard. Yeah. Many of them are lost in the, in the wreckage. I and
0: a lot of them, even right near the end, were like our favorite character. I'm going to assume he was yours too. Korg, who said, hey, we can come back and rebuild the foundations and then explosions." Yeah.
1: Um, Korg was amazing and so so Kiwi-ass it, like it hurts it was so kiwi as which I think everybody who sees this and really likes it should go back and see some other stuff that Ta, Tiki has done because he's fucking brilliant and um, there's a lot of people that he has scattered throughout this film that come from his other films Sam Neill they're sleeper hits, um, you know. so if you haven't seen other work that he's done, go back, watch Hunt for the Wilder People, uh, watch What We Do in the Shadows, take a look at some of his content, because you will see the thread of um, his kiwi humor and um, even the cadence of speech uh, coming out, and I think that's really, I think that's awesome. I think it's the first time we've seen, other than when Joss first came in, a really new voice that wasn't just a blockbuster la voice and i think that's going to continue to make our films that we want to watch that we get excited about i think it's going to make them better um, and more interesting and diverse as well i don't know if you got it in yours but at the beginning of mine we got the thank you clip did you get the thank you clip
0: i don't think so
1: so Um, I guess it's, I'm assuming it's an anti-pirating thing, but it was just a few of them at the beginning of the film, just standing on a, a, on a soundstage, just saying, thanks for actually paying to see the film. Um, And then this, and so it was, you know, four members of the cast and then this random guy. And they're like, who's this guy? This is Mike. Mike's a viewer. And they're like, thanks, Mike. Thanks to all the mics. And Tato Tiki jumps up at the end, grabs the boom mic and pulls it down. Thanks, Mike's. Um, It was just, really great kind of fun precondition to watching a film and i don't know i i really like that you know we have to acknowledge going to the movies is not an inexpensive privilege anymore so when i was a kid i can remember there being like a 250 tuesday or something like that to go watch a movie uh, i don't think there's anything at the movies for 250 not even a bottle of water so You know, people going to the movies, we should be appreciative of them doing it in the theater.
0: Absolutely. My new internal mantra when I'm heading into a meeting and I know I'm just going to be giving bad news is now another day, another Doug.
1: I believe that that one is worth taking with you many places.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking uh, for that shirt to pop up on one of those Instagram promotions with just, you know, a body lying in the corner. That's Doug. Doug used to say that all the time. Buy a new Doug? <laughs> so uh, I can imagine, uh, much like some movies where you see them here at the festival, where there's people getting jokes that aren't necessarily that apparent. If you're watching subtitles for you guys there, there are probably a whole series of additional laughs because of you living in the land of the Waititi. So are there any specific kind of Kiwi laugh moments that you can think of right now?
1: Uh, No, it's it's not specific. It's just you can feel it and it feels It's kind of like the inside jokes you have with your friends from way back that you can kind of slide right back into Um, Kiwi humor has a different speed sometimes. It's kind of a little bit more British in that it's a little bit dry. You know, another day, another dug. That's probably would be something that I would consider quite kiwi, Uh, just in the the deadpan delivery of it as much as anything. So I think kiwis really have a great delivery of um, trash talk, um, finding a way to look at something positively when it's not so positively, um, and you really see that and that comes out, uh, really amazingly in all of the scenes with Jeff Goldblum and did they name her, um, his, uh, right hand of the King? Um, did she have a name in the movie?
0: I don't know. I'm also thinking of, uh, Korg's, uh, ideal opponent, somebody made entirely of scissors. Like, that yeah. one, that was a thinker in that, like, I laughed instinctively because of the delivery and then laughed again when I got that it was, like, a rock-paper-scissors joke.
1: Yeah, well, it's amazing.
0: I'm trying to think of, like, what my ideal and most Rachel dreaded House. opponents would be. Oh, Rachel House. I think she's the actress. Well, her
1: who... name is Topaz.
0: Yeah, she uh, played the the grandmother's voice in Moana as well.
1: And she was the social worker in Hunt for the Butler People. Ah. Um and she's super deadpan in that as well. Um and she's on IMDB she's freaking gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, she plays this like always I've never seen her not like really like slick back hair in the films and stuff, and she, she presents this like big, quite harsh personality. Um but she's fucking awesome.
0: She had one of uh, my favorite lines when uh she was talking to Goldblum about the slaves and he was all, ooh, I don't really like that word, and she said okay, the prisoners with jobs aren't really that happy right now. And yeah, yeah, there there were sort of these even moments of just sort of um, sub-blink-and-you-miss-it semi-political stuff, but it was in that very kind of, you know, to your point, deadpan humor way of this is from like a peoples who maybe some of them have a history that is, you know, problematic and they've learned to uh, not just assimilate the pain, but uh, morph it into humor.
1: Yeah, um, as my, my friend Anna would probably put this better because she's a comedian, but she said you have to look for the funny um, in everything, and so when things are sad, you have to just keep looking for the funny. Um, and if you, um, if you can't find the funny yet, it isn't mature enough, and you have to wait a little bit more time cuz the, the funny will come out and i think that you know the 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 captives with jobs uh, <laughs> you, know, you know i from a from a peoples who've had a lot of oppression i think it's 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 apt yeah um, so there's lots of those and like i can honestly say that i'll probably catch them in the next two or three screenings i have of this Um, because there is so much scattered through. And because Tatchewa plays Korg as well, uh, some of them just like slide in because he goes into sort of, I'm going to call it almost like a a a bro kind of country as accent and cadence. And that, some of those, you actually don't even catch them in the real time always. So I think that there's more that I didn't even catch. Uh, My partner had a great time, loved it. Um, Loved how Kiwi it was. And I think for a place that's working so hard, Auckland and Wellington, um, specifically as kind of our movie cities, the way Toronto and Vancouver are Canada's movie cities, they're working so hard to kind of establish enough work to keep all of the people in this industry busy. And I think it's cool to see people getting really, really successful and doing big blockbusters as well as cool fantastic brilliant films that are kind of a little bit more festival and niche
0: well i'm just looking forward to your next vacation instead of uh going to hobbiton you could go to a fun trash planet with portal holes in the sky
1: dude i would happily pay for that privilege and get on that weird smelly bus into yeah. the farm for that
0: and then the rides would be like the thor chair through the charlie and the Ch- chocolate factory song tunnel
1: so I think we should can we take a chance to talk a little bit about the soundtrack of this
0: absolutely immigrant song immigrant song immigrant song were there other songs
1: seriously I, I think in my head immigrant song is the song that I play in my head whenever I have to like fight an internal battle and I didn't realize it until I was watching this movie and I was like it is the soundtrack to every internal battle of wills physical battle It's a soundtrack of all things. Um, But some of the creepy sub pieces that were slid in there were pretty awesome as well, like Charlie and Chocolate Factory, um, because I was uncomfortable as possible in that experience.
0: Well, I mean, you think Charlie is a child that is coming from a weird situation, and then he meets this charming Svengali-type that invites a bunch of children into his compound to torture them and feed them all kinds of uh, weird treats and show them odd delights and then it's a test to see which child he is uh most likely to get along with by the end of the film Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean as i got older that note in the whole uh charlie series of books uh when you sort of think back on it it's kind of uncomfortable and then to have that with this uh super goldblum character yeah
1: yeah goldblum as wonka is what I, it like it didn't leave me from the start of the music kicking in through the whole experience as sort of you know welcome to my kingdom um, however um, the how would the orgy ship with fireworks that shoots out of it. Um, okay, like I, I don't have words. All I can say is well done, Jeff Goldblum. Like, cause he has been awesome forever.
0: I just wonder about when you use the fireworks on an orgy ship, and then I realize that's kind of asked and answered within the function of an orgy ship. And then I just laugh more to myself. Wouldn't it be great to have uh, some sort of device you could just pop off fireworks? I
1: don't have words. Nope, no words.
0: I mean, come on. Maybe not all the time. On birthdays. (laughs) And we're back. We will uh, no longer talk about any of the ships. Although, I will just say the design of the ship, it was one of the most attractive ships since we first saw the uh, Milano in Guardians. It just looked like a fun ship to ride in.
1: Agreed. And it looked like it would probably actually be able to navigate the weird um, shoots to the sky as well.
0: You almost said anus. I just
1: such a yucky word i don't know um and i am disappointed in myself that my adjective of choice is yucky i
0: well. just gotta know either in a table read or on set how many times i mean what did they call it the you saw it more recently than i did i i remember the word anus but it was like the anus of something or the something in it fire anus or whatever anyway that portal was something that i can't imagine them not losing tens of thousands of dollars of time having to reset shots because of people just giggling
1: devil's anus yes
0: yeah um
1: yeah and i mean quite honestly i think a number of places the table read for this must have been really fun and i think like especially with the not quite ensemble cast, but almost ensemble cast that is starting to want to appear in the Marvel universe. I think it must get really fun to get some of these cool people in a room.
0: It looked like a, a series of good sketch comedy moments of people just trying not to laugh. Even Benedict Cumberbatch's cameo with Chris Hemsworth and them sort of, you know, jumping around the, you know, sorcerer's office. I can't imagine them not just killing themselves laughing through that whole scene.
1: Yeah. You know, everybody. I think honestly, when I look through the whole process, I think they're all amazing and beautiful and I have just realized, cause I thought that it was, but then I was confused. I've just realized that actually the Thor actor in, um, the fake Odin play was a Helmsworth as well. Yes. It was the little brother Helmsworth. Well, so he,
0: he's little in size, but I believe he's the older Helmsworth. Mm-hmm. I think Luke is older, but um, height wise, he's sort of like a, a tiny Chris, a Chris led, if you will.
1: His personal details are very limited on IMDb. We don't know much about him. Um, he shows up as actor in miscellaneous crew. Um,
0: no he's he's from westworld so i think if you check the westworld entry on imdb you'd see uh, a little more rich data in his entry but yeah that was there were just so many moments of being delighted and trying to stay in the moment because i would laugh so much i would miss the next next joke which again hasn't happened since the first Avenger movie like I've laughed in some of the other movies but you have time to process that laugh like all of Captain America's you know moments of man at a time not getting stuff you know you laugh but it's sort of like it's always a sad laugh because I feel like there's something about Chris Evans delivery that even when he's funny about that stuff it just reminds you of him not getting to have his date with Peggy at least for me which is like a real bummer.
1: That's fair. I think there was nothing in this entire delivery that didn't have fun trickled all over it. Uh, And I know that superhero movies should be fun, but this one was on a scale. If I had to like rank them all, this was definitely the most fun by, you know, a landslide.
0: Yeah. Fun all the way through. I mean, first Iron Man was really fun in parts but it wasn't this fun all the way through and it wasn't just one or two good jokes it was the best version of loki uh, i think on any of us have ever gotten to see which is saying something because he's been good even in some of the less good movies The i've been falling for 30 minutes his whole outfit look in new york and then what did somebody say oh yeah uh dr Strange said why are you dressed like a witch and he was like you look at him and he's serving up like a full slytherin hogwarts look in that moment and you're just like this had to be an improv moment of just looking at that outfit and realizing that he's you know you're missing professor of the dark arts
1: <laughs> well and i think that there's something about not disallowing the rest of society to enter in. Like, imaginary universes still can, like, acknowledge other things that have happened. Um, I did, uh, I will admit this, because I checked the stats on it, and I am not alone. So I watched Fuller House. No. I did. Um, but there is so many, like, deadpan camera callouts, especially to Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, throughout scattered throughout that's just like yes yes indeed and I just I I think that we can't our society is so interconnected that pretending that everything's done in a vacuum is silly so I think we should just embrace it and I think that interconnectedness especially of some of these characters uh, in their other alternate universes maybe um, they're parallel universes Is worth talking about And I think it's fun
0: So under characters We haven't addressed yet I feel like Anthony Hopkins I don't know if he pulled a full Harrison Ford But I feel like he said I'll come back if I don't have to do the whole armor thing Because basically He got to wear like a pajama robe Situation in the Like Fake <coughs> Loki scene And then he was wearing like you know, old man rumpled linen suit for his, you know, chilling on the cliff stuff and basically got to like stand still and then sit down on a stump and he wasn't all groomed and shiny. Like he didn't have like the fancy Odin beard and it looked like he was just, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just hang out have a good time.
1: Well, and I think to be honest, Anthony Hopkins is at a point in his career where he can probably dictate those types of things.
0: And so he should. But every time he said the the phrase "my sons," that was probably um, next to some of the Thor and Loki stuff the most emotional moments for me, because it was that moment of like he was addressing them equally, and you could see them both processing that phrase uh, in different ways. Uh, Thor, with the knowledge that he's not the firstborn, chosen son and Loki with his you know whole I'm adopted shtick you know that was a really beautiful moment and then you know but it's preceded by the shenanigans with Doctor Strange I've been falling for 30 minutes and then after that they jump right into all of these other shenanigans immediately afterwards but it was nice to have Anthony Hopkins there for um one of the funniest moments with the the play within a play that gave me like very game of thrones feelings uh of aria in her uh, house of black and white season but then also um just like a nice emotional moment between you know three actors who uh most of their other scenes together in the other movies were very kind of shakespearean good child bad child whatever and this time it was really like a nice family moment
1: well, and they actually did some things that kind of brought the the story through. Uh, one um, made a, a fun attack on Loki's greasy hair, which I really enjoyed in the not quite as greasy. And don't forget to make the sculpture of me with the big horns of the helmet, uh, which I really enjoyed. And then Thor literally no longer getting to be the golden child by losing his beautiful hair. Uh I think that's that's fantastic because he no longer is that firstborn golden gifted child because they have literally uncovered the paintings of their elder sister. And I mean, we could talk for days about Kate Blanchett.
0: When you said uncovered, my mind immediately jumped to the gratuitous uh, Chris Hemsworth slowly rotating shirtless in front of the camera. We'll put a, a pin in that for now. And leave that in her bunks, uh, move on to um the the ladies, which great that you mentioned Blanchette. she was astounding and the best uh, marvel villain they've had since I would say original flavor Loki
1: I think she I love her in that she can be anything like there is very few people who can be. Bad guy, good guy, hero, villain, demon, angel, magic princess. She could be president. Like that's the only thing I don't think we've seen her do. I look forward to whatever she does next. She's just amazing, and that movement um, of the the hair into the helmet that comes directly from the Nev Campbell Witches movie. The Craft? The Craft, where she changes their hair and does the hair look. That movement was a complete homage to that movement. I thought that that was so cool, and they maintained it through every transition she did. Um, just awesome. Like, it was a perfect pop culture tie-in to something that I know and love.
0: And we did finally get to see... Galadriel, in the place of a dark lord, you would have a queen. Not dark, but beautiful and terrible as the morn. Treacherous as the seas. I feel like we got the rest of that. If she'd taken the ring, that is the version of her we would have seen.
1: That's fair. Uh, and her transformations are fantastic. Uh, the makeup, so for the most part, because it was mostly a male cast, um, wasn't a lot of makeup happening. Her makeup made her evil and beautiful in a maleficent type way. That's it. In the horns. Th- yeah. Yeah. In my, in my head, I was like watching the evil queen.
0: Um, and yeah. then for the character that, Um, I definitely most like, uh, Valkyrie.
1: Oh my goodness. We gotta, we gotta talk about Tessa Thompson. It's Tessa Thompson, I think. You betcha. She's gorgeous and magic and talented and actually funny and not 22. So all of the things that I want in a superhero and not a pasty blonde hero all of the things I want in a superhero
0: and enjoys the beverage
1: okay she might have enjoyed more beverage than we needed her to
0: I love that whole uh, you could talk until this is finished Uh,
1: however she was still keeping it tight and she was fit and she was agile the intro scene where she smashes her. Um, I apologize, listeners. I am physically smashing my wrists together to make the guns work. Yeah,
0: her, her um, ship gauntlets.
1: That shit was cool.
0: It was amazing. I, I just love the her uh, greeting from Hulk. Angry girl. Hulk definitely has a type. Uh, women who have... Uh, had emotional and or career issues in the past. Uh, I look forward to an interesting meeting of Black Widow and Valkyrie at some point in the extended universe. If they don't have that, then they're looking at a real missed opportunity because basically this is a legit opportunity for a poly relationship where Black Widow may be more the Bruce Banner girlfriend and Valkyrie would be more the, not even girlfriend of Hulk, but like the ideal bro buddy.
1: That's, that's fair.
0: Um, Slash sparring partner.
1: Well, and I think any good relationship, you need to fill all your cups. So whatever they, whatever they got to work out. Uh, I really enjoyed um, the small amount of Mark Ruffalo we got. Because I like him, I find him very boy next door, charming at all times, uh, and I love the seven PhDs didn't teach me how to fly a plane, and I was like, well, maybe you should have gotten one in rocket science, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Tony Stark did.
0: I think he could have tugged at his crotch a little bit more, because that was sort of my favorite ongoing bit of him, just like uncomfortably tugging at Tony's super tight pants. Now, is he saying just that Tony's pants are too tight? Or is he saying that he didn't entirely unhulk himself?
1: I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but I do also like the fact that there was a blazer and 80s girl t-shirt. Because um, I think the entire ensemble, and he pulled the glasses out, he was like, yes, Tony Stark for the win. Uh, but I think this is, it's fun now that we're connecting the universe to get to know different things about more people. Um, as a fan, as a like as a comic book reader, I think we get a lot more insights into little bits of their character that you don't get in films. And I think that the more films we're getting around these topics, and the more we're getting to know some of the I mean, not sub characters, but some of the less flashy traditional characters, I think we're getting cool backstories. We're getting we're getting to know them as as people or
0: does Tony Stark just have a spare outfit on every um, ship, in every outpost, in every kind of method of conveyance that they use throughout the universe? Does he just sort of, you know, have maybe a happy, have a, a little go bag with an outfit complete with glasses ready for him tucked in a corner for him to change into? Because he wears sort of like a an Under Armour type shirt thing sometimes under the suit when he actually plans to get into it and it is in a getting thrown out of a window situation. So I feel like that's such a Tony Stark thing to do to have an outfit everywhere. So he can always be rocking his like signature look.
1: It could be there. There might be a quiet little go bag in every conveyance device. Um, I know that in multiple introductions to him, he has had like a change of clothes, Andy. So it's Maybe. just
0: just good planning. I mean, I, I still find him a bit of a dick after Civil War, but I, I got to respect that level of preparedness. It, no, it, it speaks, to my, yeah, speaks to my love. list maker. Yeah, he wasn't in the movie, but he was there in spirit, especially when he put on those ridiculous glasses. That was the touch. Uh,
1: the other thing was... Um, Aside from Thor
0: the crotch to, touch.
1: Uh, no, but Thor also tried to run the plane.
0: That's true, yeah, he did. And
1: what's the answer? Point Break. Point Break, yes! Uh, For those of you who haven't paid enough attention to the Marvel Universe, you're missing out. Go watch everything again.
0: And once again, reminds me of the good Point Break, not the other Point Break.
1: There is no other Point Break. Let's just talk about this. Just like there's only one Matrix.
0: Uh,
1: No, see, I can watch all the Matrix because of Carrie Ann Moss. Um, but I think there's certain things that shouldn't have been recreated I'm going to say Grease 2 Um, remaking Point Break Um, there's something else that popped into my Netflix queue the other day and it was the number two of something and I was like what are you talking about please don't do this to me however I am still in full support of Bill and Ted's having a reunion so yeah, that would would be
0: excellent yeah. Yeah, it would be excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry listener that that was cheap. We're better than that. Okay, maybe we're not. I'm I'm on uh, glass number 1 of wine, but uh, definitely not drink number 1 for the evening. Moving on back to some of the other characters that I've loved in other things and I loved in this. Uh, we got to talk about Carl Urban. He was fun. And so much good, like silent acting, like just his expressions when Hello was getting up to nonsense.
1: Well, and just, I think costuming for him was great. I think his, um, try to be good, fail at being good, try to be bad, bad doesn't fit, try to be good again. I enjoyed his, um, um, arc I guess we could say his character arc I I thought it was fun right from the beginning right from the like slime dragon brains intro
0: yeah he looked like he was having a lot of fun and getting to see him act with other people in that kind of environment it reminded me of the old Zeno uh, Hercules days uh wasn't he like one of the gods in that show? Might be.
1: Does Xena and Hercules hold up?
0: Oh no, no. But they're they're still weirdly watchable. Xena, some of the Xena more I think for me than uh Hercules, but Because
1: yeah. like of that time we also have things like Firefly, which does hold up. So I'm just I'm always curious if I were to go back, would it just break my heart or would I find the magic again? Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think the work he did was really excellent. Um, I liked seeing him bald. Um, those weird inserts on his head was great. And he's got like a good head of hair normally. So it took me a while to figure out who he was to place him. Because I was like, the face looks right, but the head, that's a big head. Um, and, and he was quite um, built looking as well as armored and sorted and what have you.
0: Yeah, he definitely looked beefier than he does in his uh, Starfleet uniform, although those are not very forgiving outfits. I feel like everybody has to go on kind of a juice fast before uh, Starfleet situation. And yeah, I guess it's another, if you sort of try to go through different uh, Six Degrees or Venn diagram overlaps, they were both, uh, he and Hemsworth, in the 2009 Star Trek. It's a true statement. Um, It's the kind of thing that distracts me during a film for like a hot second before I I move on to just enjoying the show again.
1: See, the thing that I sort of like went down like a weird rabbit hole of reading stuff about Beverly Crusher and um, Deanna Troy and their bios and how they were pretty much hungry for all of Next Gen uh, because – not only were they in really unforgiving uniforms, which, I mean, any good costume designer could have made them slightly less unforgiving. They did a bunch of, like, in... I'm going to call it early 90s exercise spandex as well, where they were, like, doing aerobics and stuff in different things, and they had to be hungry um, for that whole time. So I think the, the one downfall of the Star Trek universe is universally unflattering uniforms holding everyone to a higher standard
0: yeah i so carl urban is actually listed a couple of times when i search uh to see who he was on those shows he was uh cupid and i think he also played another character as well but i often confuse him with an actor named kevin smith no not the the jorts wearing (laughs) jersey wearing gentleman that we know of but a guy named Kevin Smith actually played Aries, but he looks a lot like Carl Urban.
1: He's actually got quite a decent filmography uh, in terms of, uh, like, always has been working. And also another Kiwi, right? Like, Like, there is a lot of Kiwis in this film that would have never been bucketed together short of a low budget um nzfc (laughs) funded event so i think it's cool also to see all of these um collectively successful stars now being collected in a bucket together
0: yeah and i know the director he talked a lot about wanting it there and having also as many extras from your new adopted homeland as well so it was probably for a lot of those people not since uh, lord of the rings a movie where you had that many people from that region on a set together except the differences this time a lot of people were actually the main characters
1: well and they are the the thing that i'm seeing now and i i think we're getting a lot more of it even with Um, I'm going to call it like the integration of Bollywood stars, not to go on a tangent about Bollywood, but uh, into kind of more um, Hollywood blockbuster stuff. We're seeing a much more interesting version of A-listers in the last couple of years. And maybe that's the changes to the way the Oscars are being awarded and the way film awards are being awarded. Or maybe it's that some of the old white guys are dying off or retiring, but it's cool to see this more, eclectic mix of humans that is more representative of the planet we live on still the more beautiful assemblage of eclectic humans but different places and times in a continuum which is cool
0: i am curious uh thinking about outfits just laying around though where do you just find like a random uh, valkyrie outfit laying around she looked great in it don't get me wrong but that was i'd say the only moment in a movie about uh, lightning and thunder god and a giant fire hell monster, that I thought, yeah, I don't believe this moment is that he just like randomly had her old like work uniform.
1: So I don't believe it was her old work uniform. I believe that maybe the Valkyrie were typecast and they all had to have the same measurements, like stewardesses from the fifties. But. Uh, Same say, color
0: story, actually, of a Pan Am stewardess uniform, kind of just with the white and blue inverse. Uh,
1: but he did say something, because he'd gone to the vault for maybe the helmet. Uh, now I'm going to muddle up pieces. I apologize, listeners. You can yell at Petula on Twitter if you want to in regard to the things I'm getting wrong right now. But he said something like, um, and this was in the vault.
0: Yeah, vault, armory. But I thought Loki went to the armory. But yeah, maybe, you know, he gave Loki a shopping list of things to look for while he was there. And then Loki decided for his gift with purchase, he'd grab the Tesseract, which he obviously did.
1: Well, yeah, because there's so many more things to be had in the, the next Ensemble Cast movie. Uh, and we need to have these little almost Easter eggs in these movies if we want to continue to connect the universe, right? I think um, Netflix has done a really good job creating connections in their universes for us um, in the last season of, oh my goodness, it's gone. Not Jessica Jones,
0: not Daredevil. Punisher, Iron Fist. Both they all together. Defenders.
1: The Defenders. There we go. I apologize. Where did that go in my brain? There's other things in there.
0: You're day drinking. I'm night drinking. Time difference. Um,
1: Anyhow, so in the Defenders universe, they've worked really hard to create a great interconnectivity. Um, I think Marvel needs to continue to do those things where something like walking past the Tesseract, being like, meh, it's just one of the things in the vault." Um, and Loki kind of stopping and that hesitation while he was on his way to get the helmet. I think that's cool. Makes me happy.
0: And um, under my favorite side quest, I will say Heimdall as your Aragorn slash, uh, you know, collector of people in the woods wandering around. I truly enjoyed I like that for they finally found a way to make Idris Elba look slightly bedraggled, still magnificent, but slightly bedraggled, and a good deployment of the Heimdall skills of being able to see things. I didn't know he could do vision sharing. Cool. Hope they use that again. And again, a character who, in the other movies, he basically had the job of being the guy you give your beer to to open it. And now he really had things to do. He moved around. He was helping to save people. He was opening secret uh, rooms that kind of gave me once again, a real, you know, matrix, uh, party rave cave feeling. And got so
1: to I was looking at like the carvings on the doors and I was feeling very Lord of the Rings. It was both, yeah, and the the patterns in the stone to make things open. I really enjoyed, but I think I, I think you're undervaluing what he did. In that, without him, they would have all been dead. So he effectively saved the Asgardian race, uh, because you know, fans who haven't yet seen the movie, you really shouldn't have made it this far into this with us. But you know, Asgard is an idea. Um, <laughs> I think that the the concept of Asgard being an idea is fantastic except without Asgardians it would be a conceptual idea that no longer exists so he made those those people happen he saved a lot of people, however it was still a fairly generically white blonde audience of the Asgardian race despite the fact that some of our warriors are mixed race and our Valkyrie is clearly not um nordic in her original ethnology
0: i'll say that we should pour one out for the warriors three i'm very glad that uh, lady sif couldn't get away from uh filming blind spot her tv show to show up just to get murdered like the rest of them uh it was a bit of a bummer that they all went out like that so quickly but you know as we're heading into the infinity movies i think we're going to drop a lot of bodies anyway so this is good kind of beginning of table clearing and if these people all stay dead and don't magically uh, come back to life in the second infinity movie i think we'll have some deaths unfortunately uh, much like the death of frigga uh when they drop in asgardian First of all, you always get the feeling that they probably lived for hundreds and thousands of years and also they don't often let you get to know these other characters well enough to actually care that much when they die. And they did kind of smash cut right to Carl Urban with the broom uh, when the first two ate it uh, with the I'm just a janitor. So even if you wanted to feel sad, you were too busy laughing.
1: I think, I think that we might see them come back. I'm still confused how, and this is a part of me, how they, as gods, they are unkillable for the most part. Uh, why the hell did Odin go without an eye, and why doesn't Thor have an eye? They're unkillable why would we take away their pretty, pretty eyes?
0: I guess if you're fighting another God type or relative and they put like a full force blast at your face, you would lose some soft tissue.
1: I disagree. I think gods are made of magic. I don't want them to disrupt their prettiness. I, However, just I enjoy the gold leaf in his eye patch.
0: And now is there going to be a lot of fun moments with him and Nick Fury?
1: Oh my goodness. I didn't think about that because they both have the cape too. Because Nick Fury has the trench coat sway um, that does that very, um, very spawn like swoons in the, the comic book renditions of it. And Thor has got his beautiful cape, which I'm assuming will be repaired by the next time we see him. So Yeah, it's possible. There could be some really good moments.
0: Are they going to have him sitting on opposite sides of the room from each other so that... They can be a part Or that initially Nick Fury doesn't even notice that he has an eye patch?
1: Oh, that hurts. That's like (laughs) ba-dum-bum-ching. We're sorry, listeners. We're so, so
0: sorry. (laughs) Yeah, and maybe he asks for tips. And we get to have Kobe Smothers again say, He turns.
1: You hurt. You hurt me.
0: Uh, uh, I mean She's doing this. But we all know better. You're right. These are these are bad. This is weak. This is some weak stuff. But in the face of like comedy genius, really talking in the about the face this- of
1: comedy genius?
0: Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and yeah. the one eyed face. <laughs> Of the one-eyed monster coming at you? With your exploding pleasure ship? Oh, God. oh I'm sorry. We we, we, should... we, did have, we did have actual thoughtful things uh, about this film, like the soundtrack usage. So I think we should return to something that is on a more on a modicum of actual film thoughtfulness. Uh, maybe talk about uh, how many little bits they dropped us for the future of rebuilding the universe. So, like the fact that um, they were so excited that we could have a Valkyrie um, still in existence, or the fact that we can recreate Asgard. Why don't we? Why don't we think about the good parts of the universe?
0: Okay, everyone had. Uh, An evolution or a level up. Hulk has now been Hulk for two years. And while not, you know, he's not going to be doing any TED Talks anytime soon, his vocabulary has definitely evolved. It's true. And Thor has had a level up because, you know, he's not the god of hammers. He's learned how to just use his power.
1: No, and he's learned that his hammer was just about focusing. However, I did really enjoy the swingy, swingy, swingy fly thing. I did too. So I'm sad to see that go. I'm hoping maybe he can get a new hammer. Yeah. uh, Because I did enjoy the swingy, swingy fly.
0: Um, Plus, I want him to show Korg how it works for him to be like, oh, I get it now.
1: Oh, that's true. That would be fun. That is fun. And we definitely can have more Korg because Korg made it through.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Loki wasn't a complete uh, dick at the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, but we're going to hate him again soon. Yeah, probably. I look forward to the time that I hate him again soon because I kind of love him. Like in all of the interviews, he is really fantastic and beautiful. Um, so I am kind of looking forward to loving him again soon.
0: And Valkyrie got to return and help save the remaining as guardians and i feel like you know carl urban had a great sort of hero moment at the end with uh, yeah, and he
1: might not be dead he could he could be revived for sure if somebody wanted to write him into something
0: yeah if he like got toppled off the rainbow bridge and ended up you know falling through a hole in a trash planet i'm sure he'd be okay And I feel like that's also the kind of planet where you could pick up a little more ammo for Des and Troy.
1: That's fair. Can we talk a little bit more about what we'll see Jeff Goldblum do next? Because he would be fun to just continue to make random spoiler um, gladiator mashups that can introduce us to new characters until the the end of time.
0: Now, I'm not sure if this is true or if it's just... uh, Uh, Fan nonsense, but I thought there was some talk that he's actually related in some way to the collector del Toro character Hmm
1: I don't know but I enjoyed it so It could be fan nonsense, but I'm okay with that and let's be honest scripts are now being written by fans Because most of us have been entrenched in the Marvel universe for long enough That you almost have to be a fan to get some of the details, right?
0: And it would be lovely to see Jeff Goldblum's goldbloominess with uh, Del Toro's mumbly, taciturn whole shtick together in a scene discussing how somehow this uh, raggedy group of so-called heroes have managed to let Infinity Stone after Infinity Stone fall into the hands of an evil galaxy-destroying despot.
1: Well, but bad guys always come back. Like, I think, and bad guys get their own arc. So, I think that we can consistently introduce new bad guys. However, there's lots of talk about kind of social concepts in this as well. Like, the fact that there was a garbage planet with an eye that was a planet of misfit toys, Um, and her even talking about. If I wanted to, um, if I wanted to hide, I came to I came to a planet like this to hide. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity around understanding who else is hiding on that planet, or who else is hiding on other planets of that like um, the garbage planets out there. Maybe we can get a recycling planet that's starting to repurpose all of this good. Nice. No more space. To...
0: Yeah, I feel like instead of a nasty woman. Uh, instead of a nasty woman t-shirt, I need uh, an angry girl t-shirt.
1: Oh, see, since I saw the Miami Alec video on why she no longer refers to herself as a girl, I haven't been able to refer to myself as a girl. Have you seen it?
0: I have not seen it.
1: Oh my goodness, okay, listeners, we have to pause so I can see this.
0: Do I really have to watch this right now? It's not long. Although the first half of his nickname for her, I feel like is a compliment because he calls her angry. And as we know from the first Avengers, his secret is he's always angry. True. And Hulk has a limited vocabulary.
1: Hulk does have a limited vocabulary. However, Black Widow is definitely the type of person who would help him coach um, another
0: person. Or so try to help Banner coach Hulk if that was possible, but it would just make Hulk angry.
1: I'm not sure Banner has the ability to coach Hulk because Banner's never been able – Banner got locked in there for two years. Let's just be honest. Banner, not the boss of Hulk. However, you know, a uh, 20-second video clip of Scarlett Johansson, and he was like, calm and rate right
0: the hell down. So, Sun's getting pretty low. Sounds getting pretty low. And, and maybe now that we got to one of the worst lines from Age of Ultron that was one of the funniest lines in this movie, that would be a good place to start our wrap up, which always takes us another 20 minutes. But I swear by the gods of the nine realms, we'll, we'll manage this in a few minutes. So overall, thoughts on Thor Ragnarok? How many more times do you think you'll see it in a theater?
1: So I probably won't see it any more times in a theater
0: because I am spoiled by
1: having a projector and a screen at home. Uh, I do anticipate this will be a purchase and this will be a multi-viewing scenario. Uh, Probably a Blu-ray purchase to get better special features than iTunes has to offer.
0: Who do you most want to hear on the commentary? Aside from the director or Chris Hemsworth.
1: Okay, so definitely those two because because, yeah, uh, but I think it would be cool to see some of the kind of lesser characters, maybe, um, and Anthony Hopkins talking a little bit, because he did get to kind of breeze in and breeze back out, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, and just like the very small little bit of Doctor Strange, I would love to hear him talk about that, because there's a lot of work to act with all that CGI movement. Um, We didn't at all even digress into Chris Hemsworth and how cute he looks in a jean jacket and a hoodie. So I think kudos to us. Um, So yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch, mostly because he has interesting um, bits. Um, Tom Hiddleston is always funny on commentaries, so I think he's really clever and really charming. Um, So I think really any of the auxiliary cast would actually be really interesting to hear. As well, um, just getting more of the personality of them kind of embedded in the characters. I think they're bringing a lot more to characters than we used to see. If we were to look back and kind of go back in the Wayback Machine, um, the original Superman, for example, was very comic book focused. We didn't get any of the actor's personality coming out in those things. Um, I think that's a cool part that we get now can be exposed to.
0: I think my sort of ideal alternate third commentary track would be Tessa Thompson and Kate Blanchett together. And just <gasps> the two of them. Yeah.
1: They would be fun together. Because
0: between the two of them, they're in most of like the beginning and the end stuff.
1: Well, and Tessa Thompson's probably the only person other than Odin who knew that Hella existed. So I think yeah. that's also cool so they they've already had a showdown
0: yeah and i i'd like to have her ask about uh did you use this location when you guys were shooting lord of the Rings?
1: probably new zealand is not a very big country
0: yeah i i reckon i reckon that's a kiwi word i reckon that they <laughs> probably it's use a, a,
1: it's actually if you if you were to go back you'd hear it in all the harry potters as well yeah
0: it's
1: um it's Part of New Zealand still being part of the Commonwealth, I think, because yeah. wreck is very deep in our um, daily dialogue, uh, but it's scattered throughout all of the British TV shows, and uh, and it's very deep in the Harry Potter season.
0: Yeah, so that's my ideal extra commentary bonus track: Tessa Thompson and Kate Blanchett. You know what? Maybe with the uh, special guest Carl Urban to drop in. And with a legit, hey, we shot here for Lord of the Ranks, and basically talk about how his ideal job is just wandering around and having Kate Blanchett tell him what to do. Isn't that what we all want?
1: I was going to say, I was going to say, where do I apply? How do I get this job? Um, yeah, I think that I think it had a cool cast. I think it had a nice um, ensemble cast. I loved seeing even just Sam Neill scattered in there. Um, just for the the snippet that we got of him, the whole makeup was fun, and I think they they looked like it was fun for them to participate in. Um, I know all of the the sound bites that have come out of the film production and the the promotion have been very much oh yeah we love working together blah blah blah. Um, I I think they might have actually really meant it this time, so I think that's cool.
0: So, tough question of the two big superhero movies so far this year, because Justice League isn't out yet, the two good big superhero movies this year, I mean, I guess, didn't Spider-Man come out this year? I don't even remember. Anyway, Wonder Woman or Thor Ragnarok? And it can be, I mean, it's not that you don't love the other one.
1: I find that hard to choose. I think, in terms of sheer entertainment, this was definitely more entertaining uh, because there was no there was no need to introduce most of the characters. We already knew them, and I think that is sort of it's quite familiar. Um, Wonder Woman was motivating and peppy and I saw it a couple times in the theater um, and I own it now and I think... I'll continue to see more things about it, but there's not as many Easter eggs in there, I don't think, as there was in here. Maybe because they had to take it a little bit more seriously to introduce this big character. Um, and and possibly because I don't think I've ever seen a female lead superhero movie before, so I don't know what bucket to put it in. Because I can like put this against Iron Man and say, I enjoyed this way more than the first Iron Man, or I enjoyed this more than any number of the the other certainly than the other thor movies um but i i find a hard i find it very hard to compare the two um i think they'd be a fun double feature
0: i'll allow it and then the last question
1: but you didn't respond to it yourself
0: i'd have to say thor ragnarok
1: really because you have been pro wonder woman
0: all year i'm not not pro wonder woman i saw it twice in the theater i love it but i just had more fun in this one and in 2017 a year of the most emotional and meteorological dumpster fire i needed some fun so i definitely the fact that i laughed from beginning to end it just made me all the way happy Yeah, it, it filled a lot of, uh, holes.
1: Yeah, I think this is, this is definitely going to drop into my self-help movie list of when I need escapism, this can drop in there for me.
0: So last question, if you were going to be updating that site app that tells you uh, when it's safe to go pee in movies, do you even think there is a moment in this film where it's safe to go pee?
1: I think you're going to miss something at
0: all times in this
1: movie. Like I saw, uh, I saw the new Blade Runner last week, week before last. Um, And there was lots of time where they were just building and you had, you had time to go pee, grab an extra soda, have get a popcorn, whatever you might've needed to do. Uh, I don't feel like there was ever a time that I wanted to, I want to take the risk of being away from this because there's so many fun, sidebar jokes and um bits and pieces like even just the even just the the hammer scene with loki and thor when he's breaking up the play and he's proving that odin isn't odin um and he holds him tight like there's not a lot happening but it was just like fun to watch him unveil himself again as loki so yeah i i don't think there's a it was a proper pee break in this. I think the only way to pee break this is to do it at home so that you can actually pause the movie.
0: Maybe, and only honestly, it might be a case of a biological advantage. If your uh, physical makeup allows you to urinate standing up, you have perhaps a small window when they first go find Odin. But if you don't get back in time for, at least the second time he says my sons, then you're missing out. And it's a bit of a bummer. So you get some of the stuff with the explanation of who Hela is, but at no, at no point do you ever doubt her story. So you don't necessarily need Odin to confirm that she's their sister, but the bathroom needs to be close. You need to be fast. And I don't even think you have time to like sit down. So I think there is a a biological advantage for individuals who can urinate standing up definitely no time at all in this movie to run out and drop a deuce it's just like not possible
1: well I don't know who goes to movies
0: I mean it everyone poops according to the book that's
1: what they say uh.
0: so I think we'll leave it there uh, at the end of the devil's anus and We will uh, regroup, possibly at year-end, to talk about some of our favorites. Uh, I know this was uh, probably one of our best uh, time difference mergings with you not having daytime stuff to do. Well,
1: also in the daylight savings merge, so we're only six hours apart right now, as opposed to the the switch the other way, which pushes us eight, which makes it really hard to sink in a reasonable drinking window
0: somehow we manage it but yeah this is it's much better
1: and it's summer for you it's summer what it is probably probably 21 degrees today and blue skies and birds chirping so
0: whereas according to the weather forecast i may once again be in the land of the ice and snow come this weekend
1: yeah i've seen the internet has shown me pictures of um, north of the wall, and it seems like, <laughs> it seems like it's winter there. But uh, I know your listeners are from all over, so they should appreciate it. But the one thing I would re- reiterate is, um, if you haven't seen any of the other Taipu witiki films, go um, pull them down Netflix uh, or um, iTunes or however it is you. I don't really encourage stealing content but definitely go check out what we do in the shadows before you see Thor again uh, because you'll catch a lot of it there and hunt for the wilder people plus some of the cast you'll actually get to see in some slightly different roles and maybe you'll have some new favorite celebs which is good for all of us oh you didn't look score this
0: oh all the way I mean just for the fact alone that you have the Valkyrie flashback uh, that you have an awesome female villain. What, did this pass the Bechtel test, though? That, I'm, I am I'll have to check the site, but I feel like maybe it... Actually, th- that is the problem with all the superhero movies, that it is very rare for them to have... If they even have two strong female characters, it's not always... An occasion for them to get to speak to each other although I will say in general the Thor movies because of in the first two you had you know your Darcy and your Natalie Portman character Uh, I would say of all of the movies in the Marvel extended universe the Thor movies have the highest uh, scores for Bechdel amongst the entire universe
1: um, there is a single scene where two women talk to each other, um, not about a man. So it passes one of the three Bechtel tests, according to the internet.
0: So I will say with that and the diversity and the heavily uh, Kiwi that's not all, you know, the Carl Urban color Kiwi cast, I'll definitely give it a woke score. But yes, the, the prisoners with jobs line alone... Oh, i'll let it fly by fly by with a spinning hammer (laughs) thank you aaron and enjoy the rest of your day in beautiful sunny kiwiland and i will bundle up in a nest of blankets here in the land of the ice and snow bye bye